0: Hello and welcome to Mind Your Own Quizness. I'm your host, Morgan Burns. Two of our contestants today are named Ben, so try not to get too confused. Our contestants are Allison, Cambridge Ben, and Somerville Ben. Allison, tell us something.
1: My fun fact is that there are only two sets of escalators for the entire state of Wyoming.
0: Whoa, really?
1: I think it's because there's such a low population relative to the amount of space that they just build out instead of up. Oh. I don't know if you want to guess where the two sets are. So that means there's two going up, two going down, okay. obviously. Okay. Um, where do you think those two sets of escalators are?
2: I think I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a guess. Uh, is one of them in an airport?
1: Okay. I want to hear it. Ben. What was
2: your guess? Oh, I I just I just know the two largest cities in Idaho, thanks to my fifth grade project on Idaho. Well, it's Wyoming, Wyoming or Idaho. <laughs> oh, okay. So is it not Boise and Sioux Falls? No,
3: no. I, uh, okay. Cheyenne. I
1: don't actually know the Cheyenne. Cities. <laughs> I don't know the cities. I just know they're both in banks.
3: In banks, banks. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Hmm? My bank. surprising. My bank doesn't have an elevator or an escalator. Oh wow. Yeah. Mine
1: neither. I guess banks are a big deal in Wyoming. My, my oh. bank
2: doesn't even have a phone line. <laughs> <laughs> Cambridge Ben, tell us something. So in order to keep Big Ben the clock accurate, they have to mechanically adjust it by changing the weights on one of the pendulums and they use British pence or pennies as the weights because they're standard and they're very small wow. and it gives you incredibly accurate calibration.
0: Oh, cool. Cool. When you say they're standard, I don't want to dive too deep into this if you don't know all of the information, but I, is it that they're standard in any given time or they've been standard for centuries? The pennies.
2: The pennies. Has the penny been the same weight for a hundred years? I think it's just a small standard weight. I can't tell you more than that. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair. I mean, I, I know that they use the decimal system now in that country. Right. Yeah. They. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know more than that. That's, yeah, Allison, did your,
0: I guess your parents grew up using the whatever, like base 12 system or something, right? Wait,
3: really?
1: Yeah, I I had a a conversation with my mom recently about it. It changed over, I I wish I knew when I'm a bad English citizen.
0: I think it was like the 60s or something.
1: Okay, so she remembers being a, a kid and using that system and she explained it to me, but it went in one ear and out the other.
3: The base 12? Base 12?
0: It's something like that. I didn't know until I was an adult that they'd changed systems entirely. And I just remember as a kid hearing the words shilling and crown and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how do all of these things
2: divide into a hundred?
1: And the answer is they don't. <laughs> they
2: I don't. found that out real quick. <laughs> Isn't it something like it's either twelve or sixteen pence in a shilling and then twelve or sixteen shillings in a pound? You've is lost that
3: correct. Me. You've lost me already.
2: But it's not twelve and twelve. It's Twelve and sixteen, or sixteen and twelve. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, the numbers aren't standard. The numbers aren't standard.
0: I just went to the Wikipedia page for shilling, as if there was going to be an easy answer for this on there, and there, this is going to take further research. That, uh, yeah, old pence and new pence. Oh, penny British pre decimal coin is one two hundred fortieth of a pound sterling
2: and one twelfth of a shilling. So that means it's twenty shillings to a pound. And they're using linear algebra.
3: Allison, are your parents British?
1: Yeah, my whole family is British. I was born there, but moved over when I was in elementary school.
3: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Do people say like, oh, we don't hear an accent. Do you get your accent back? Or-
1: I do. I do oh. get my accent back. Whenever I'm talking to my parents for a long time, or I'm back staying in their house, or whenever I go back to England for any extended period of time. But I, I lost it fairly quickly. Mm-hmm.
0: Somerville, Ben, tell us something.
3: I'm going to keep with my theme when I'm on the show and say music trivia. As of 2013, the band Metallica set a world record by being the first band to play a concert in all seven continents. In 2013, the band set the record after they entertained 120 scientists in a transparent dome at the Carlini station in Antarctica.
0: Do you know what their sound system was in Antarctica? I don't know that. (laughs) It was headphones. If I remember correctly, they weren't allowed to use a standard PA system because the sound was going to... I forget if it was disturb the ice or disturb the penguins.
3: You don't want to disturb either one.
0: You don't want to disturb either one, exactly. Either one will result in something dangerous, but loudspeakers would have caused ecological damage. So they had a silent concert.
3: Yeah. Like one of those silent raves where they give everybody headphones and they just kind of party and rock out. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. I'd love to be there.
0: You are hosting trivia sometime soon, right?
3: Yes, the 14th of September at Aeronaut Brewery.
0: Aeronaut Brewery. Nice. If you are in or around Somerville, check out Aeronaut Brewery for trivia on September 14th. Yes.
1: Have they started doing in person trivia again? Or it's they... been in
3: person for a few months now. Yeah. I will be hosting on September 14th some pub trivia at Aeronaut Brewery, and the theme is The Seven Deadly Sins. Every round is a seven deadly sin. All right, let's
0: get started. There are 20 questions. If you get a question right, you get one point. If you get a question wrong, you get zero points. If you think that a question is too hard and stumped everybody, you can say stumper. And then if everybody got it wrong, you get a point. But if anybody got it right, you lose a point. Question one. This is, of course, episode 10. So the theme for question one is 10. The film, 10 Things I Hate About You is adapted from what Shakespeare play set in Padua in which Petruchio seduces Caterina? Question two, in 1948, the New Yorker received over 300 angry letters regarding what Shirley Jackson story about a strange annual ritual in a fictional town? Question three, Artemisia Gentileschi painted the Assyrian general Holofernes being beheaded by what widow she is the titular figure in a Bible book.
3: Can you repeat that please, Morgan?
0: Sure. Artemisia Gentileschi painted the Assyrian general Holofernes being beheaded by what widow? She is the titular figure in a Bible book. Question four. What series, which ran from 1985 to 1995, was named after the English philosopher who wrote Leviathan, and the French pastor who wrote Institutes of the Christian Religion.
1: I'm sorry, Morgan, can you repeat that?
0: Sure. What series, which ran from 1985 to 1995, was named after the English philosopher who wrote Leviathan and the French pastor who wrote Institutes of the Christian Religion? Question five. John Lithgow reprised a William Shatner role in the 1983 film adaptation of what TV show? The director, John Landis, was charged with manslaughter after three actors died during production. Can you repeat that? Sure. John Lithgow reprised a William Shatner role in the 1983 film adaptation of what TV show? The director, John Landis, was charged with manslaughter after three actors died during production. Okay, let's go over the first five questions. Question one. The film 10 Things I Hate About You is adapted from what Shakespeare play set in Padua in which Petruchio seduces Caterina. Allison.
1: I literally just watched this movie oh, two days ago, okay. perfect. which I'm very grateful. I hope I get this right now. Um, I said The Taming of the Shrew. All
2: right. Cambridge, Ben. Uh, I said Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, but I, uh, I assume that is incorrect. Somerville, Ben.
3: I also said The Taming of the Shrew.
0: The Taming of the Shrew is correct. Points for Allison and Somerville, Ben. Question two. In 1948, The New Yorker received over 300 angry letters regarding what Shirley Jackson story about a strange annual ritual in a fictional town? Cambridge, Ben. I'm going to say Stumper. Okay. Somerville, Ben.
3: My answer was The Lottery.
0: Okay,
1: Allison. Said The Lottery.
0: The Lottery is correct.
3: I love Shirley Jett, a very underrated writer of the 20th century. Haunting of Hill House, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, so much good stuff.
0: Yeah, I love both of those books.
3: And portrayed very well by Elizabeth Moss in the movie Shirley last year. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that yet. She does a great job.
0: I'll have to check that out. She's one of my favorite writers. Question three, Artemisia Gentileschi painted the Assyrian general Holofernes being beheaded by what widow? She is the titular figure in a Bible book. Somerville, Ben.
3: My guess would be Esther. Okay. Allison.
1: I only know two books of the Bible with female names, and so I just randomly picked one, which was not Esther. I picked Ruth.
0: Okay. Cambridge, Ben. I said Ruth. All right. No, the correct answer was Judith. Judith slaying Holofernes. Question four. What series, which ran from 1985 to 1995, was named after the English philosopher who wrote Leviathan and the French pastor who wrote Institutes of the Christian Religion?
2: Allison. Stumper. Cambridge, Ben. I was very tempted to say Starsky and Hutch, but I'm going to say Stumper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Somerville, Ben.
3: I'm going to say Calvin and Hobbes.
0: Calvin and Hobbes is correct. Aw, man.
3: I thank my roommate for that because he's a huge fan and has all those books on his bookshelf.
0: Calvin and Hobbes, named after, of course, John Calvin and Thomas Hobbes.
3: I should start reading them now because I haven't read them yet.
0: Oh, they're very good. I I hear great things. Question five. John Lithgow reprised a William Shatner role in the 1983 film adaptation of what TV show? The director, John Landis, was charged with manslaughter after three actors died during production. Cambridge, Ben. I said Stumper. Somerville, Ben.
3: I said Star Trek.
0: Allison.
1: I also said Star Trek.
0: Okay. Stumper gets the point. Game well Street done, Ben. Is well the done, Twilight ben. Zone.
3: Oh, oh, is it the Nightmare of 20,000 Feet? It yeah, is. It's yes. that episode of William Shatner, isn't it? Oh. Well done.
0: Yes. On the airplane, the, the gremlin-
2: Oh, the gremlin actually died in the filming?
0: The movie was several different episodes combined. There was a scene that involved an American soldier rescuing two Vietnamese children during the war, and there's a helicopter flying overhead, and the helicopter crashed and killed all three of them. The director was acquitted of manslaughter, but seems like he was pretty responsible for at least the deaths of the children. He lied to their parents about how the filming would work and what the effects would be, and people died. And his career continued going for another 20 years. Oh, no. The end of the first round, Allison has one point, Cambridge Ben has negative one point, and Somerville Ben has three points. Question six. On August 29th, 1786, A veteran named Daniel led an eponymous rebellion in Massachusetts. What is the correct spelling of Daniel's last name?
3: Do we need the spelling or just do we need to say the name?
0: You need the spelling. Okay. Question seven. Comedic actor Danny Kaye starred in a 1952 musical biopic about what Danish author of children's stories?
1: Can you repeat that, please?
0: Sure. Comedic actor Danny Kaye starred in a 1952 musical biopic about what Danish author of children's stories? Question eight. In 1914, five-year-old Charlotte May Peerstorf wanted to visit her grandmother who lived 73 miles away. Her parents had difficulty paying the $1.55 for a train ticket, but they found a way she could take the trip for only 53 cents. What means did they use?
3: Can you repeat that, please?
0: Sure. In 1914... Five-year-old Charlotte May Piersdorf wanted to visit her grandmother who lived 73 miles away. Her parents had difficulty paying the $1.55 for a train ticket, but they found a way she could take the trip for only 53 cents. What means did they use?
1: One more time. Sure.
0: There's a lot. In 1914, five-year-old Charlotte May Piersdorf wanted to visit her grandmother who lived 73 miles away. Her parents had difficulty paying the $1.55 for a train ticket, but they found a way she could take the trip for only 53 cents. What means did they use? Question nine. In Gulliver's Travels, the Endian War is fought between the Big Enders and the Little Enders, who violently disagree about the best way to break what common household object. Question ten. The Red Army Faction was a Marxist militant group founded in West Germany in 1970 by a man named Andreas and a woman named Ulrika. What were their last names? After you hear the answer, you might feel like you're hearing these names all the time, but that's really just the frequency illusion.
1: I'm so sorry. Could you say that again? Certainly.
0: (laughs) The Red Army Faction was a Marxist militant group founded in West Germany in 1970 by a man named Andreas and a woman named Ulrika. What were their last names? After you hear the answer, you might feel like you're hearing these names all the time, but that's really just the frequency illusion. Let's go over the answers. Question six. On August 29, 1786, a veteran named Daniel led an eponymous rebellion in Massachusetts. What is the correct spelling of Daniel's last name? Somerville, then.
3: All right. I believe this was Daniel Shays with Shays Rebellion. And I believe the spelling is S-H-A-Y-S.
1: Allison. I also said S-H-A-Y-S.
0: Cambridge, Ben. S-H-A-Y-S. S-H-A-Y-S is correct. That is Mr. Shays of Shays Rebellion. It always sort of bothered me that it sounds like it's just a possessive S, but it's actually part of his name.
1: Got to check the placement of the apostrophe.
3: I think I lost points on a history test back in high school because of that. So
1: that's that's Um, so silly.
0: Question seven. Comedic actor Danny Kaye starred in a 1952 musical biopic about what Danish author of children's stories? Allison.
1: Is it Hans Christian Andersen?
0: Cambridge, Ben. Hans Christian Andersen. Somerville Bay. They also
3: put Hans Christian Andersen. That
0: is correct, Hans Christian Andersen.
3: The Ugly Duckling, I believe that was him, right? Yes, and
0: the uh, the Little
3: Mermaid. Oh, that was him? The Little Mermaid was I thought it yeah. was Grimm.
1: No, it's Hans Christian Andersen because I believe there's a um, there's a Little Mermaid statue in Copenhagen, I'm pretty sure.
2: Right. Yes. Revisionist History just did a piece about all this and Little Mermaid was almost autobiographical where he loved this handsome prince and the handsome prince didn't love him back.
1: Oh, Oh, wow.
2: Yeah.
0: Question eight. In 1914, five-year-old Charlotte May Peersdorf wanted to visit her grandmother who lived 73 miles away. Her parents had difficulty paying the $1.55 for a train ticket, but they found a way she could take the trip for only 53 cents. What means did they use? Cambridge, Ben. I said freight shipping. Somerville, Ben. <laughs> I
3: just had a weird guess. I don't know. It felt like a Scandinavian name. So I said sled dogs.
1: Allison. I said they packed her up in a box and shipped her. So like freight shipping, I guess, like mailed her.
0: Yeah, I'll give Allison and Cambridge Ben the point. It was mail. This was the early days of Parcel Post. And they uh, they didn't actually have to put her in a box. They They knew somebody who worked for the post office. And they just said, hey, can we just ship our daughter as if she was a box of baby chickens or something? Oh, and they paid the postage for a box of baby chickens that had her weight. They put her on the train with, with the guy they knew from the post office and the conductor enjoyed it. I don't think the time was had by all. I, I don't
3: yeah,
1: think yeah, you, it sounds like you can't get away
3: with that these days.
2: Uh, no, it was. Uh, maybe you can Yeah, you I, I think it was kid on a plane.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Um,
2: It was outlawed, I
0: think, very shortly after that. If you look at the first couple sentences of her Wikipedia page, it looks very ominous. But before I say this, I'm just going to let you know she died at age 78 in 1987. But on Wikipedia, it says she was shipped alive through the United States postal system by parcel posts. After the incident, parcel post regulations were changed to prohibit the shipment of humans. It took 10 years after May's death for her to be recognized for being mailed, which sounds horrible, but they just mean that it was 10 years after she died in 1987, someone wrote a book about her in 1997.
3: Oh, wow. What was the book called?
0: Mailing May. Mailing May. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah, it was a, a picture book for kids. Oh,
3: cool. You got to teach them young that you can't mail people.
0: Yes, Although we read the book when I was in third grade or something, and I don't remember if they mentioned that it was outlawed eventually. I think it was just a happy story of here's what happens if you put a kid in the mail. Question nine. In Gulliver's Travels, the Endian War is fought between the big enders and the little enders who violently disagree about the best way to break what common household object? Somerville, Ben.
3: I just said a chair. I, it, was, it was just a guess. <laughs> break a chair.
0: Allison.
1: I know it's not an object, but I said egg.
0: Cambridge I it thing. is an
1: object, but.
2: I said egg also.
0: It's a common household object that you break intentionally and it has a little end and a big end. That is an egg. Question 10. The Red Army faction was a Marxist militant group founded in West Germany in 1970 by a man named Andreas and a woman named Ulrika. What were their last names? After you hear the answer, you might feel like you're hearing these names all the time, but that's really just the frequency illusion. Allison.
1: I said this one would be a stumper.
0: Cambridge, Ben. I said Bader meinhof Somerville, Ben.
3: I put Doppler, like the Doppler effect.
0: Bader meinhof is correct. Oh, well done,
3: Ben. Good one.
1: Nice job.
0: Isn't that a movie? So the Bader
3: meinhof uh... complex? Isn't that a movie?
0: Probably.
2: (laughs) That is the only reason I got any answer. There you go. (laughs) Oh, is it a movie? Yes, but I watched it 10 years ago, and so my first answer was going to be Monkhausen.
3: Monkhausen.
0: The Butter Meinhof effect is when you learn about something and immediately afterwards, you feel like you're hearing about it everywhere. Mm
3: -hmm. That's interesting.
2: Um, Was it created by another Butter Meinhof?
0: No, it was just created by somebody who learned about the Red Army faction and kept hearing about Bader meinhof the next couple of weeks. I feel like I've never heard about this before. In the last couple of weeks, everyone's talking about it. At the end of the first half, Allison has four points. Cambridge Ben has four points. Somerville Ben has five points.
3: Close game. Neck and neck.
0: To the listeners, if you want to be a contestant on the show, or if you have any ideas for questions or topics that I should ask more about, reach out to me on Twitter at myoquizness or by email at myoquizness at gmail.com. Question 11. The following are lyrics from what 1982 song? The original version did not chart in the U.S., but the 1990 remix reached number five on the Billboard Hot 100. I'm sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner. I'm waiting at the counter for the man to pour the coffee, and he feels it only halfway. And before I even argue, he's looking out the window at somebody coming in. Question 12. Mithridates VI was a king of Pontus who was 15 years old when his father was assassinated. He developed a practice now known as Mithridatism to try to avoid his father's fate. Famously practiced by a pirate in a 1973 novel and its 1987 film adaptation, Mithridatism protects against what method of assassination?
1: Say that again, please.
0: Sure. Mithridates VI was a king of Pontus who was 15 years old when his father was assassinated. He developed a practice now known as Mithridatism to try to avoid his father's fate. Famously practiced by a pirate in a 1973 novel, and its 1987 film adaptation, Mithridatism protects against what method of assassination? Question 13, in the basement of, oh, I forgot to look up how to pronounce this. So to anyone who speaks French, I apologize. It's going to be wrong. In the basement of the Pavilion de Bretouille, just outside of Paris, there is a cylinder made of 90% platinum and 10% iridium. It is 39 millimeters in height and diameter, Exactly how much does it weigh?
1: Morgan, as you are reading that question, my cat knocked over his water dish. Could oh, you repeat oh, it? No. Sure.
0: In the basement of the Pavilion de Bretouille, just outside of Paris, there is a cylinder made of 90% platinum and 10% iridium. It is 39 millimeters in height and diameter. Exactly how much does it weigh? Question 14. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a comic book that combines characters from various works of English literature. In it, Sherlock Holmes's brother is revealed to be the secret identity of a British government employee who was introduced in a 1953 novel and goes by a very short codename. What is that codename? Question 15. Ambergris is a pale, waxy substance that is highly valued by perfumers. It is produced in the gastrointestinal tract of what largest predator in the world?
3: How specific do you want this answer? Fairly Okay. <laughs> I'm just wondering what you'll accept. I think I, I, I think I got it. I mean, it's all good. So. Let's go over the answers to the third quarter.
0: Question 11. The following are lyrics from what 1982 song? The original version did not chart in the U.S., but the 1990 remix reached number five on the Billboard Hot 100. I'm sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner. I'm waiting at the counter for the man to pour the coffee, and he fills it only halfway, and before I even argue, he's looking out the window at somebody coming in. Cambridge, Ben. I said Stumper. Somerville, Ben.
3: I'm going to do my strategy like I did in the last game when it comes to lyrics questions, and I'm going to say Stumper. Allison.
1: I did not know this was a cover. I only know the Suzanne Vega version. <laughs> it's Tom's Diner.
3: It is
0: Tom's Diner. Diner.
3: Allison. <laughs> I didn't oh, see. Nice. I've never heard of this song. It's called Tom's Diner.
1: It's the one that goes do 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 Surely you know it now.
3: I don't know. I'm going to listen to I don't know. Every time I come on the show, <laughs> I have a new song to listen to because I never know, I never know I mean, the answer.
0: One point for Allison, negative points for both of the bends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. question 12 Mithridates sixth was a king of Pontus who was 15 years old when his father was assassinated he developed a practice now known as mithridatism to try to avoid his father's fate famously practiced by a pirate in a 1973 novel and its 1987 film adaptation mithridatism protects against what method of assassination Somerville then
3: I said poison
2: Allison
1: I also said poison
2: Cambridge, Ben, they said poisoning, I mean, he did immunity through exposure.
0: Poison is correct. And yes, it was immunity through exposure. As of course, used by the, uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts.
3: Also, isn't that a thing in the Princess Bride?
0: Yeah, that's the Dread Pirate Roberts. It's okay.
3: I just saw Princess Bride for the first time like a month ago. So. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm, I'm new to all this.
0: <laughs> Question 13. In the basement of the Pavilion de Bretouille, just outside of Paris, there is a cylinder made of 90% platinum and 10% iridium. It is 39 millimeters in height and diameter. Exactly how much does it weigh? Allison.
1: I have no idea. But every time I've used stumper, I've lost a point. So (laughs) I just left it blank.
0: Okay. Cambridge, Ben. One kilogram. Somerville, Ben. I
3: said one kilogram.
0: One kilogram is correct. Oh,
3: is that like the SI unit? Is Is that how they determine the SI unit for weight or something? Okay.
0: Yes, that that is the kilogram by which all kilograms are measured. All of the other SI units are based on fundamental constants. The second is the amount of time it takes a cesium atom to vibrate a certain number of times. I don't know exactly how all of them are defined, but the kilogram is not defined by any fundamental constants. So there has to be just an actual kilogram somewhere.
3: This little thing in
0: France. (laughs) This question was brought to you by today's sponsor, The Metric System. I've got four bonus trivia questions for you. How many teaspoons are in a cup? How many yards are in a mile? How many milliliters are in a liter? How many grams are in a kilogram? The answers are 48, 1760, 1000, and 1000. If you found those last two questions easier than the first two, then you might enjoy using the metric system. The metric system is only used by 190 countries right now, but if it ever becomes popular, it has the potential to revolutionize how we measure everything. Question 14. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a comic book that combines characters from various works of English literature. In it, Sherlock Holmes's brother is revealed to be the secret identity of a British government employee who was introduced in a 1953 novel and goes by a very short code name. What is that code name? Cambridge, Ben. I said 007. Somerville, Ben.
3: I said M, like the, le- the, w- the letter M.
0: Allison.
1: I also said M, like the letter M.
0: M is correct. His name is Mycroft and gets abbreviated as M. He is 007's boss. Question 15. Ambergris is a pale, waxy substance that is highly valued by perfumers. It is produced in the gastrointestinal tract of what largest predator in the world? Somerville, Ben.
3: All right. I said whale or sperm whale.
0: Allison.
1: I also said whale, but I specified orca.
0: Cambridge, Ben. I said orca or killer whale. Sperm whale is correct. Somerville Ben gets the point. At the end of the third quarter, Allison has seven points. Cambridge Ben has five points. Somerville Ben has eight points. Neck and neck. Very much anybody's game. Question 16. In 2006, what Texas-born running back was named NFL MVP after scoring a record 186 points in one season for the San Diego Chargers?
3: Can you repeat that, please, Morgan?
0: Sure. In 2006, what Texas-born running back was named NFL MVP after scoring a record 186 points in one season for the San Diego Chargers? Question 17. C.S. Forrester's 1937 novel The Happy Return introduced what fictional midshipman who fought in the Napoleonic Wars? He shares his first name with a one-armed admiral who actually fought in the Napoleonic Wars and shares his last name with the profession of Wynton Marsalis and Dizzy Gillespie. Question 18. What scientific prize with a punny name that was first awarded in 1991 has been given for unboiling an egg, showing pictures of chimpanzee genitals to other chimpanzees, and discovering that yawning is not contagious among red-footed tortoises?
3: Oh, Please say that all again. That, again? that, that was a lot. <laughs> that was crazy.
1: It's a lot to take in. Like from, what? from what the the moment it began to the moment it ended, I did not know where we were going with that question. In
0: retrospect, maybe I could have put a period somewhere in the middle of this, but it's it's all one sentence. No, no I,
3: enjoy, I enjoyed it. I just want to hear it again.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. I'm not complaining.
0: What scientific prize with a punny name that was first awarded in 1991 Has been given for unboiling an egg, showing pictures of chimpanzee genitals to other chimpanzees, and discovering that yawning is not contagious among red-footed tortoises. Question 19. In an 1895 play by Oscar Wilde, Algernon Moncrief and Jack Worthing have gotten into predicaments by proposing to women who don't know their real names. What pseudonym did they both use? Question 20. Charged particles that mostly originate from the solar wind are contained by Earth's magnetic field in two radiation belts. What is the last name of the Dutch-American scientist who discovered these belts in 1958? Let's go for the answers. Question 16. In 2006, what Texas-born running back was named NFL MVP after scoring a record 186 points in one season for the San Diego Chargers? Allison.
1: I have no idea.
0: Cambridge, Ben. I said Stumper. Somerville, Ben.
3: I said Emmett Smith. <laughs> just a guess.
0: Stumper gets the point. Well done. It well is Ladanian Tomlinson. I don't know much about sports, so my idea of writing a sports question is saying, well, this person is just so accomplished that somebody must have heard of him. Maybe our listeners are also wondering who this is, or maybe they're all screaming at their phone or whatever device. How does anyone not know Ladanian Tomlinson? I'm guessing, based on my listeners, there's probably a mix of both.
3: To the disappointed listeners, sorry.
0: Question 17. C.S. Forrester's 1937 novel, The Happy Return, introduced what fictional midshipman who fought in the Napoleonic Wars... He shares his first name with a one-armed admiral who actually fought in the Napoleonic Wars and shares his last name with the profession of Winton Marsalis and Dizzy Gillespie. Cambridge Ben. I said Trafalgar Trumpeter. <laughs> Somerville Ben.
3: I said Horatio Trumpeter. Allison
1: Horatio Hornblower. Oh, Horatio
3: oh, Hornblower is correct. <laughs> well done, Alison. Oh. Can I get half Yeah, me too. For I got <laughs> Horatio. Trumpeter? I got Horatio. A... Horatio Hornblower. And Horatio
0: did fight in the
3: Battle of
2: Trafalgar. Oh, okay. Yeah, so
3: Horatio uh
2: Horatio like Nelson. A... Horatio yeah.
3: Trumpeter. I'm sure there's a Horatio Trumpeter who fought in like, the Napoleonic Wars somewhere.
2: Maybe. That's the fanfic. It's out there <laughs> online. Oh man. What I... book is this?
0: The Happy Return. It's a series of books about Horatio Hornblower.
1: They made it into a TV series. Really? Okay. Or like a movie, a TV movie or something.
3: I love how each answer got closer to the right one and then Allison just said the right one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Trafalgar (laughs) Trumpeter, Horatio (laughs) Trumpeter, Horatio Hornblower. We got there eventually.
0: Question 18. What scientific prize with a punny name that was first awarded in 1991 has been given for unboiling an egg Showing pictures of chimpanzee genitals to other chimpanzees and discovering that yawning is not contagious among red-footed tortoises. Somerville Ben,
3: the pseudoscience award. I don't know. I just I, I definitely enjoyed hearing this question, though. This is this is amazing. I want, want to know.
0: <laughs> Allison, Stumper, Cambridge Ben, the Ig Nobel award. Oh, the Ig Nobel Prize oh, is correct. Good one.
1: My goodness, Ben, you keep messing me up. Whenever I put something, you get it. (laughs) Stop.
0: The Ig Nobel Prize is awarded for funny discoveries in science. Question 19. In an 1895 play by Oscar Wilde, Algernon Moncrief and Jack Worthing have gotten into predicaments by proposing to women who don't know their real names. What pseudonym did they both use? Allison. Ernest. Cambridge Ben. Uh, I said blank. Somerville Ben. Ernest. Ernest is correct. That is the importance of being earnest.
1: They made that into a movie. That that's a decent movie. Oh right. It's got Rupert Everett. I want to say.
0: Probably. My English teacher in tenth grade was really into showing us the first half of a movie, so I've <laughs> definitely seen yeah, some of one that. One of
3: What I love about Oscar Wilde, this might not be true, but allegedly when he was on his deathbed, he sat up and looked around the room and he said, this wallpaper is terrible. One of us has to go. And then he died. (laughs) Those were his last words.
0: Nice. Question 20. Charged particles that mostly originate from the solar wind are contained by Earth's magnetic field in two radiation belts. What is the last name of the Dutch American scientist who discovered these belts in 1958? Cambridge Ben, Van Huysen. Somerville Ben. I said
3: Boer. I don't know. I just thought of Niels Boer.
0: Allison.
1: I said Stumper.
0: Stumper gets it. Although Cambridge Ben was very Uh, close. Van Allen. Van Allen Allen belts.
3: Van Allen belt. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, well, you got all racial with your. (laughs) Dutch-American. <laughs> it's true. Last name.
3: <laughs> yes. Well, Allison, that was a well-played stumper there.
1: Finally. I yeah. had to get one there. in.
0: So the final score is Allison has nine points. Cambridge Ben has seven points. Somerville Ben has nine oh,
3: points. Oh, we have a tie.
0: This is the first tie we've had. Here's a tiebreaker question. I'm coming up with it on the spot. so It doesn't have to be true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
3: <laughs> whatever I think is
0: the question in meters. <laughs> oh no, how long is a smoot?
3: Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> I know what this is. <laughs>
0: Can I buzz in? Yeah, everyone's eligible. Tell me when you've locked in an answer.
3: Can we do like a ballpark? Okay, never mind. Okay,
0: it's a tiebreaker, so it's whoever gets closest. Oh, I. Oh, and okay. We're, we're not using Price's Right rules, so it doesn't matter if you're over or under. After you answer, I'll have to explain this for the listeners who haven't lived in Massachusetts because. I'm sure that they have no idea what we're talking about. Somerville Ben.
3: All right, I'm going to guess five meters is a smoot. All right. Allison. 42.7.
1: Okay. <laughs> 32.7. <laughs> yep.
2: Cambridge Ben. 1.76.
0: Cambridge Ben, if you were tied, you would have won. Somerville Ben gets oh. it. The correct answer is 1.702 meters. Smoot is named after Oliver Smoot, who was an MIT student, and it was his height. It was 5 feet 7 inches, or 1.702 meters. As a fraternity hazing thing, all of the pledges had to measure the, it's called the Harvard Bridge, even though it's in MIT, They had to measure the Harvard Bridge in Oliver Smoot's height using Oliver Smoot. So he had to lay down each time and someone would mark the sidewalk with chalk. And the bridge is, I thought about asking how long the bridge is in Smoots. It's 364.4 oh. oh, okay. okay. plus or minus one oh, year. Oh God, that's whoa. yeah, that's a lot so, of lying that's
1: down. A lot. That's a lot of yeah. getting that's up a lot and of
3: down, yeah.
0: And Oliver Smoot is now, I don't know if he's retired by now, but he at some point was uh, from 2003 to 2004, he was the president of the International Organization for Standardization. He got really into measurements. Mind Your Own Quizness is produced by me, Morgan Burns. Our theme music is Nothing Changes by Ian Clark, distributed by ClipDad.com.